But one thing with Pickleball Elbow I've seen and, and studies have shown is the longer you've kind of like pushed through it, the harder it is for it to go away and the longer it takes to go away. The lack of overall grip strength is, is one of the major keys to getting Pickleball Elbow as well as like getting rid of it. Ben, like Ben is one of the most efficient movers out there, right? Like he, he never takes like a false step. Like he doesn't waste any steps. That's why he like seems so fast because he like, he gets to everything in like the perfect amount of time and the perfect amount of steps. So he's very efficient, but they take their shirts off. Like they're not the most ripped jacked dudes out there. Or like their legs aren't the biggest. What insights or thoughts would you want to provide the general audience on what they should be doing after training? Like most of the time, I'll always say it, like boring wins, like doing the boring things savagely well wins you in the long run. Low durability, kind of like free freebie. I'll, I'll actually, uh, we can maybe drop that in this. Sleep is gonna be the most important factor for you um, and for all of us. Uh, let's say the next layer is probably gonna be Welcome to another episode of Building Pickleball, and this is the Founder Series. Today, my guest is the first strength and conditioning coach I've had on this podcast, so I'm super, super excited to have him on. His name is Connor Derrickson, goes by That Pickleball Trainer. So Connor is a certified strength and conditioning professional through the NSCA. He's originally from Chincoteague Island, which resides on the eastern shore of Virginia. He completed his undergraduate degree from Salisbury University, where he studied exercise science. He also completed his graduate degree from Weber International University, getting an MBA with a focus in sports management. As a coach, he specializes in helping people achieve their sports performance goals by managing injury, monitoring stress, and increasing work capacity. Connor spent multiple years coaching for the Minnesota Twins Baseball Club as an affiliate and MILB Rehab Strength and Conditioning Coach. Um, man, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Yeah, dude, of course. You crushed the uh, hometown pronunciation. Most people butcher that. Nice job. It's tricky, man. If I wasn't from Virginia, I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about this like before we started that Chincoteague Island is just known as, I I feel like everyone's just like, so that's where the horses are, right? The horses. Yeah, we're actually going back there for that in two weeks, I think. It's always like the last Wednesday in July, so we're actually going to go back for the little swim or whatever. So, yeah. So is it like a seasonal thing or what? They do it every year. Um, this is probably not what, what what we want to talk about, but it's like they swim the ponies from, you know, like the beach island where they roam roam free to like where we live on the island, and they like auction them off to keep the population down. And like it's like all goes to like the town and the volunteer fire company and stuff like that. Damn, it's a big spectacle. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome what they do. Um, and then you're currently in Saint petersburg florida yeah yeah st pete um yeah a lot of pickleball here that's for sure yeah you were just telling me that it's number two for most courts yeah sweet a lot of public courts they're popping up still um good community for it man it's just it's awesome like you not many times like we have a great place called crescent lake where you'll get you'll always get like four and above level games at all times of the day every day which is kind of cool that like even as people get better, you'll get some five O's out there that still just go out there and play pickup, not just in groups. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And, uh, what's your rating? I don't know. Um, it's all self-rated. So like, you've got to take that with a grain of salt. I asked Catherine and Travis and people that like I've hit with all the time. And they're like, I remember when I first started with Catherine, he's always asking me like, 
am I like a three five yet or what? She'd be like, she would just like be so sweet about it and just be like, no, not not yet. <laughs> oh, dang it. Um, but I've played a lot since we we first started. So I don't know. Travis Graham, they say I'm like four oh, maybe a little bit better, but yeah. So those are definitely some like huge names. And I remember looking into your profile and your background, like uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Catherine was the first pickleball pro that you worked with. Yeah. 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 Catherine was the first. She, she pulled me in her and Athena pulled me into the world. And it was like, you know, I picked up a paddle a couple of times before that, like just dabbling, like everybody did kind of probably during COVID. And yeah, they brought me in full force and it's been, uh, it's been nonstop ever since. Dude, that's awesome. Um, before I ask you about Catherine and how that, that all happened, I just have to say, like, I was out recording for Julian Arnold uh, at MLP, and so I got to, like, hang around her and see her a little, a little bit. I didn't really have carry any conversation with her, but just even just being around her and Athena and also seeing her in, like, competition, she just seems like the most, like, like the nicest person that, like, wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like... It's funny, like, if she ever has to, like, like, her telling me, like, I'm not a 3-5 was, like, hard. You know what I mean? She's like, it's, like, she's so nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's just how she is with everything. It's it's cool. Yes. Easy to work with. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, how did you guys get introduced? Yeah, yeah. So, um, their coach pretty much recommended, uh, not on a colleague of mine, but, like, in the strength and conditioning world, it's it's pretty small world. Uh, just like a friend of mine pretty much. And it wasn't really a good fit for, for either of them. They never really got even got started, but he recommended her to me or yeah, recommended myself. So they reached out to me. Um, we were kind of in the area and we ended up meeting up. I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's see what this is about. You know, she's just see what she's interested in. And it's been, it's been great ever since it's been almost a year now. Um, then I started traveling, you know, like right after that, you know, I started traveling with her and training her on the road and things of that nature. But, uh, yeah, like it was pretty much like they got a couple references and they reached out and like, we just hit it off ever since. And I've been in dope and full, for, full force ever since that as well. Dude, that's, yeah, that's great. Um, it's interesting like being in a sport an industry that's like rapidly growing yet it's still like in these infancy stages and something I just didn't see often is a strength and conditioning coach. Like now I see mostly see you and there's this guy named Garrett Nealon who also happens to also be in from Virginia. Um, but I see both y'all's content and I'm like, awesome. It's very modern looking content. It's clean, but they're also like hitting different areas. Um, so are you still working with Catherine? Yeah. Yeah, still working with Catherine. Um, still traveling with her. Um, yeah, still still pushing along. It's been just about a year, like I said. Yeah, and that's probably opened up some doors. So like you had mentioned Travis and Graham. Is that the gentleman who is on Tennis Sucks yeah. Pod with him? Okay, yeah, yeah. the guy that's pretty much always always with Travis. Uh, he's they're both like part owners and and the Florida Smash. So, uh, but they're local here. Like they live. Both of them live probably a mile away from me here in St. Petersburg. So that's kind of how that, that connection got started. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, are there any other pros by you? Not really. Um, Austin, last tough last name, plays APP a lot. Um, check, yeah, I'm not going to butcher it because I will. But big Amazon man, that's what he calls himself. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Like for, for pros, Megan Fudge used to live here. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's 
pretty much just Travis. Something that I obviously do want to talk about, and I'm sure you have a lot of great insights about, is of course the injuries. Um, with that new article, you might have a better gauge of the exact title, but something about how the healthcare costs have increased like $400 million and the rise of injuries in pickleball. I have my own thoughts on it, but you know, of course, I want to give you the opportunity. This is your platform. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What do you think it is? <laughs> I think one, it's just like more people are being active. So of course, if there's a larger sample size, you're going to have more incidents that happen. But also you're looking at, it, it depends on the demographic, but if it is an older demographic, then of course you're going to see that too. But you're if you're also like, if people are going couch to pickleball, that's a whole different story compared to if you took a athletic sample size and those people are getting into pickleball. But uh, yeah. 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 Whatever the number was, like 400 million estimated spending on medical bills and due to pickleball. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like you said, if like, let's say 100 people were playing football last year and then 1,000 people are going to play it next year. My guess is injuries are going to go up. And then let's say out of those 1,000 people, 900 of them are 65. They're probably going to get hurt. They're probably going to trip and fall, um, which that's like the easy example. It's like, or the easy, like, like okay, injuries are going to go up. There's like, like, our participants, like 36 million people are playing pickleball, which is more than golf. It's more than all of these sports. You know what I mean? It's like, obviously, injuries are going to be up like, astronomically high. And it's, it's a very quick reaction sport. You're Let's just say you're old. You don't you don't do anything besides to get out there and play pickleball. You're gonna trip. You're gonna hurt your elbow, your wrist, things of that nature. So um, it's not like surprising at all. I thought I thought it was like I don't know when I saw the number come out. I was like it's it, it's high. Obviously, um, it's a high number, but uh, we have just don't like pickleball is a participation sport. It's not a viewer sport. Like people aren't watching it on TV. Like yeah, okay, the numbers are up, but. Like it's 10,000 people. That's like nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's not that many people watching the sport. It's a, it's a participation sport. Everybody's playing it. Um, so to see those numbers, it's, it's not crazy that it's, and, and if you look, dove into the numbers, like it was over 80% were um, over 60 years old or something like that. So it's like, yeah, it was like, I mean, it, it wasn't like anything shocking. It's, it's, it's mainly old, older people. Um, but yeah, and, and that those are like mainly trip and fall injuries where like the actual injuries you see a lot of like people that play a good amount and that are in a younger age, maybe it's more of like chronic lower back pain, right? Because like maybe they don't do much outside of pickleball, they're not training, they don't have some kind of plan, it's like they have like some kind of chronic lower back pain. Um, like on the professional level, you're seeing a lot of like foot and ankle injuries, just like not necessarily injuries, but like nagging, like plantar work, Achilles, heel stuff. Um, and I think that's just due to like overall workload of being on the court and tournaments and, and high level play. Um, and then like third one being like pickleball elbow, pickleball elbows. I mean, you, you see that a lot, obviously, tennis elbow, whatever you want to call it. Um, lateral epicondylitis, you see that a good amount. Those are the three that I, I see a good amount of. The pickleball elbow is 100%. If in an ideal like scenario, you could give someone advice without having the context, of course, of who the person is, their age, and the specific injury, what would you say is probably the mo main contributor to pickleball or tennis elbow? I got you. 
maybe it's like uh, you see a lot of you know a lot of people will blame it on like the weight of their paddle going out it's like all right i, I increased my changed my grip size and i increased my paddle weight and then i went out and drilled whatever backhand volleys for an hour and it's like no wonder um a lot of times you'll see it's like you'll see people that like don't have any grip strength like grip strength matters um so like maybe they don't train maybe they don't work out they don't not on a consistent plan they play a ton of pickleball uh, lack of grip strength uh is definitely a, a major cause to that so like being able to do farmer's carries for whatever your body weight or uh, at least pull-ups, rows, things of that nature, things where you're gripping, you're pulling, and you're using your back, like, will help build up that actual lower arm strength, more so than, like, just, like, cranking on some, some bands and doing, like, lightweighted stuff like this, like, actually putting a load to it, like, maybe doing a deadlift, you're going to increase your actual grip strength more so doing a deadlift than you are by, like, smacking some bands back and forth like this. These are good, and they supplement, like, flexor extension stuff, it helps, but I think, like, the lack of overall grip strength is is one of the major keys uh, to getting pickleball elbow as well as like getting rid of it. But then it's just like it it it's it's a repetitive, it's a chronic diagnosis, it's a chronic injury. So it's like a lot of times it's just it's that repetitive motion of like the total extension of this elbow or total uh, yeah extension of this elbow when it's clicking and you're doing this for multiple times. Uh, obviously, it's 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 bound to happen, but. Having sufficient grip strength will one help that. Um, I have a like what it's called pickleball durability or elbow durability kind of like free freebie. I'll I'll actually uh, we can maybe drop that in this in this YouTube or in the bottom, um, and that can help. So like that has a lot of this stuff in it, uh, as well as like little overhead work. So like maybe like you have insufficient overhead mobility within the shoulder, and like maybe your elbow takes a little bit more of the beating in some instances. Uh, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into it, but my thing would be first and foremost, training consistently and grip strength, increase that. A lot that goes into it. So that was like my way, of not really trying to beat around the bush, but like give you a couple specifics for sure. No, dude, I, I really appreciate that insight um, because it's it's very difficult to say, give a solution without knowing the exact problem. And of course, kind of tying back to what you said about people is like what their goals are. So yeah, I really appreciate you giving that. Um, and I also really value that your first thing that you, the first thing you said was not like rice. And this is probably going to be like, this could be very contra uh, controversial, but back in the day, rice for those that don't know, is rest, ice, compression, elevation. That used to be like a very popular methodology. But then the same guy, apparent, from what I understand, that that same guy went back and he said that was actually wrong. Yeah. And exactly what you've said now is strength. You've gone the complete opposite direction. And I am 100% on board with that. It's like, don't avoid it don't rest and it's like it's stuff that's happened to me even myself like i fractured my fibula during a jiu-jitsu accident first thing i did was like first thing i wanted to do was okay i had to go to the doctor and figure out like the right placement so that it didn't heal in the wrong way but it was like okay as soon as i can going right straight to walking like movement was always the solution for me to road the road to recovery and i don't know like what your thoughts are on that yeah, it's the, the more people that understand that rice has kind of uh, been tapped out, you know what I mean? It's like written really thing, the better. Um, 
and there's another acronym called Peace and Love that for soft tissue injuries, uh, I'll typically follow. Um, soft tissue being obviously like muscular injuries. So let's say you pull a hamstring. First thing you want to do is obviously like Peace and Love. Let's see if I can get the whole thing. It's like protect the the tissue. So like just don't do anything that's going to harm it. E is going to be elevate the tissue. So like you can still elevate and get blood away from the tissue directly after. This is in like the first three days. Um, A is going to be avoid anti-inflammatories. It's a natural process that you want your body to do and go through. So like popping a ton of Advil is not really going to help the situation. C is compression. Um, you can wrap and do things of that nature. That kind of helps like push blood out and then get blood in. Um, I forget the last E one piece but that's like all within like the like two to three day window or whenever like that kind of process is depending on the grade and then love is like load so like after you slowly start to put load back through the joint and through the muscle um so like it's not rest and ice and then it's like get back to work it's like you got to get some load through that joint first um whether that's be like for your circumstances that was walking at first and then you maybe started doing some light whatever isos with your body weight and then some weighted work, you know what I mean? Um, o is peace and love. I think it's like being optimistic, um, like getting down about the injury. Uh, v is like vascularization. And then E is, I forget the last one, but it's pretty much the process of like taking a little bit of time off and like letting the body naturally get blood in and outside of the, the tissue as well as like right after that it's like let's get some load through this thing instead of going out and like let's say you got pickleball elbow instead of like maybe it hurts a ton right now maybe take a couple days off you let it like kind of rest and do its thing but then instead of like just going out there and like back to drilling and back to that same chronic bang 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 on the elbow maybe you start to get actual load like the pain resides a little bit you start to get load through the joint you start doing some rows carries deadlifts grip strength work um get load through the joint and, and start to strengthen it um that's i i, I kind of didn't really get the whole acronym i can't remember it off the top of my head but that, that's a good thing to kind of follow when you have some kind of soft tissue injury speaking of exercise let's talk about viore who sponsors this podcast and my favorite things about them besides their clothes one the ai fit tool so this helps get you a lot closer to the actual size that you should be wearing and plus it saves your size, making a smoother checkout for next time. The Viore Active Club, ACTV. This is essentially just free workout classes. This is really neat because you can access these free workout classes just by going to their site. There's no barrier to entry here. They're super easy to access and they have everything ranging from abs to core to strength, as well as shorter 10 to 15 minute workouts and longer 30 to 45 minute workouts. If you haven't already, check out their site and enjoy a 20% discount off your first purchase by going to viori.com slash building pickleball. Enjoy the rest of the show. Dude, that's awesome. I will definitely make sure to link your pickleball durability file uh, once I get that from you. And then also the peace and love, I'll make sure that that's like at the bottom of the screen. Um, damn, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, that load part. Gosh, that's so important. Um, Super important. Um, but one thing with pickleball elbow I've seen and, and studies have shown is like the longer you've kind of like pushed through it, 
the harder it is for it to go away and the longer it takes to go away. So if you've had it for a couple of days and then you start to take care of it, maybe you take a little a day or two off, you rest, and then you start to train and it kind of goes away. It's going to go away a lot faster. But if you've like pushed through for weeks at a time, it, it, it can take a little bit of a while to go away for sure. And I've seen it. And like I've worked with someone right now. It's still, it's like not getting worse, but it's getting maybe marginally better week over week. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, man, I always thought that that was the hardest thing for not even when I was coaching, but even just being around certain, like certain people that are athletes is not doing the work initially, but it's actually like after you do a workout or the training is like the post training, like how do you treat your body after training? Like, what are you eating? But also like, are you foam rolling? Are you doing like dynamic stretch or not dynamic, like static stretching? What insights or thoughts would you want to provide the general like audience on what they should be doing after training yeah i look at it like so being pretty general let's say you have like a pyramid the base of that pyramid it's kind of like your foundation the most important aspects for recovery let's say the base of that pyramid is probably going to be sleep right if if i'm training super hard and i'm sleeping four hours a night, um, you're not helping anybody, you're not really getting better. Sleep is going to be the most important factor for you um, and for all of us. Uh, let's say the next layer is probably going to be your nutrition. So if I'm training really hard, I'm sleeping really well, and I'm eating like dog crap, I'm going out to Mickey D's, getting a couple of McDoubles and some nugs, um, it's, it's not ideal, right? Um, you're not fueling your body for performance, you're not fueling your body, maybe you're not getting the amount of protein that you need. Um, that next one maybe be like, uh, like stretching and, and recovery workouts and like maybe after a hard workout you need to most of the time you like need some kind of light movement after because like let's say you, you train really hard you play pickleball one day and then the next day you're like couch potato and you watch Netflix all day it's super hard to get going that following day so like doing nothing. Like you never want to be like a super high workload next day, super low. It's just, it's not what your body wants. You want these peaks and then you want to be able to move a little bit. It's like stretches and things of that nature. All right. Now let's say the top of the pyramid is more so like modalities. So let's say like compression boots and sauna, ice bath. Like if you don't have the bottom of the pyramid, this doesn't matter, right? Like if you're training super hard, you sleep four hours a night and you eat like crap, like doesn't matter how much ice bath you're going to do. Like you're not going to recover. Um, so like, Building that base first, having a you know solid foundation within sleep, nutrition, uh, recovery, stretches, things of that nature is going to be more important than, than the modalities, which I'm all for the modalities, but you kind of got to have that bottom stuff first. Man, just more just solid gems, man. I should honestly be paying you for this. <laughs> um, oh, it's good. It's fun. Dude, the sleep, 100%, like Matthew Frazier, I'm sure you're aware of who he is. For those who are listening, Matthew Frazier's, the, I think he's won the most CrossFit Games championships. And the biggest thing he said is like when he was having a talk, he was t talking to his coach and his, he was like, dude, I'm doing everything that everyone else is doing. I'm doing the same lifts, except I'm doing better and I'm hitting it harder. I'm hitting it just as hard as everyone else, except harder. And he's like, so? He's like, everyone else is doing the same thing you are. What separates people is what they do outside the gym. And he said that most important thing was sleep. He's like, you can't guarantee that everyone is sleeping the same amount or sleeping uh, the quality of sleep. Are they sleeping as good as you? And that was like 
one of his really big things. And then um, your point about recovery, about if you hit an intense session, don't just take the day off completely next the next day off completely. Like, man, I got into running in the past like year and in the training plan is it always had that right if 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 wednesday was our workout day thursday was always a recovery run saturday was our is our long runs so sunday was always a recovery run never did you have a day off following a hard day um man that's so uh, damn that's such a great point i'm so glad to hear you say that it's crazy too like these like are super boring like no one that's not sexy like if i if i post that on instagram it's gonna get like four likes like no one wants to see like yeah you need to sleep more because like it's super simple but it's so hard to do like it's so hard to be super consistent with your sleep every night and like make that a priority it's hard to be uh making your nutrition a priority right like you work out let's say two hours pickleball two hours in the gym it's four hours a day you have 20 hours to make other good decisions of sleeping and nutrition like that's super hard it's it's boring it's simple but it ain't easy man it ain't for everybody that's for sure 100 percent, man especially the nutrition aspect the food i've like throughout the times the past like two years actually like every year i've been every time i'm dating people the question one of the most popular questions is just like oh so like what do you do you cook a lot do you like do you cook a lot at home and i'm like yeah i cook but everything i cook is just efficient meals it's it's boring like if i if i tell that to a chick it's doesn't sound sexy at all i'm like yeah it's like rice a protein and then there's like some vegetables and i have like smoothies it's exactly what you're saying it is very boring but man if you stick to it it pays dividends in the long run. So true. That's so true. It's boring. It's not going to win on uh, on social media, but man, it might win you some games. So it's going to help. You were doing like remote and in-person training. And I, I've looked into, you have like a web app. Now I'm kind of going into your kind of business side and your content creation side. But also like back when I was a personal trainer, a web app didn't really exist or at least any quality ones that could really they hindered the relationship between a, a trainer and the client as opposed to nowadays it's very it's more like enhancing it what is that experience like coaching people remotely mm-hmm. it's different it's different and I, I it's definitely not for everybody and i don't like think it it should be and i don't like try and put you know i make sure it's trying to be a, a good fit for both of us but i see most people are like if they want some kind of coaching or training they're there's three different types of people. One being you're super novice and um, you need accountability and you kind of want someone hovering over you and telling you what to do, right? Like that's probably an in-person situation, an in-person trainer. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum is more of like, just kind of give me a plan. I know what I'm doing. I've been here before. Maybe I have a, a background in it or something like that. Like I just need a plan or um yeah, not, not much real guidance. And then there's like that middle tier um, where most of our clients and athletes are is um, I need plan. I need guidance, maybe some accountability as well as like I want to I don't need you necessarily hovering over me every second, but I want to communicate and let's I want to grow with you kind of deal. Um, so that's kind of like that's what we do is, is, you know, our app is, you know, it's not something I designed or I built. It'd be cool. A lot of people have done that and built their own apps. Um uh, something I buy, I pay for, right? Like, and I kind of branded it as my own, but, um, 
yeah, our app is it's if I I hope and, and try to make it feel like we're there beside you, like leaving notes and things of that, like videos and stuff like that. Um, but you know, you're kind of on your own, like you can do it on your by yourself and, and on your own time because that's always hard. Like people are trying to schedule sessions with a personal trainer, and it's like, yeah, their hours are from 5 to 6 a.m. And, and like 5 to 6 p.m. You know what I mean? It's like hard to get in. So it's like it's flexible, it's easy, but you get the 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 aspect of like feeling like we're, we're kind of there with you and we're kind of walking you through that process. You have a very like systematic approach to things, which is great. Just wanted to uh, recognize that. But something that was cool is that the web app, something that you make a great point about is that it's flexible. People live now with like remote culture and work from home and just with just like, yeah, the overwhelming directions everyone's being pulled through for like work, family, relationships and all that. That flexibility seems like a huge benefit to that web app. It is, you know, like no one wants to be tied down to like, you know, some people do like want to be tied down to like a certain time and it's like you got an hour and it's like, well, the hour's up. Like, let's let's rock and roll Um, here. It's like, you know, we charge like based on not just it's like a monthly payment right like you might have three or if you want seven workouts at one every day twice a day like that's that's what you're gonna get um and it's on your time on your schedule so it's it, yeah it's super flexible it's it's fun man you get to help a lot of people a lot of amateurs that are just like maybe love Catherine or love travis or love fed and they're like yeah i want to play like them which is cool um but you get to help a lot of people only difference is like you know uh which I still do some in person here at my house is you can't get like too super nitty gritty, right? Like sometimes I want to go like in depth and like certain little things, but it's like, sometimes you just need to have somebody in person. Um, so that's one of the downfalls, but other than that, it just comes down to like, if they can communicate really well, then I'm going to like, I'll be able to help them out a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like a sidetrack, but, uh, Travis, man, I remember I went to PPA Rockwall and I was hanging there with my buddy and we're just like walking around and Travis is like, he was like during a match, I think he was, I think he was like practicing and he just like quickly took his shirt off, was just changing because of the Texas heat and we're like behind him and we're looking at his back and we're like, dude, that is the most in shape, like, what is he like 45? (laughs) He's like 40, but yeah. The grays, the grays, the grays make him maybe look a little older. Yeah, he's in shape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we looked at, we're like, dude, that's insane. This dude is jacked to the gills. Dude never wears a shirt. I'm surprised he even had one on at the time. So he's he's quick to take that thing off. (laughs) Yeah, man. I was just like, damn. Like, I've been lifting since I've been like in my teen years. So I just. I've always, there's just that bro culture of just respecting a guy for like physique and the hard work they put in. So when I saw it, dude, I was like, damn, I hope I'm in like half as good a shape as that dude. So man, yeah, congrats to both the work that you guys put in on that end. Um, you work with Stackstreet too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, what is that like? That dude can, he just, I don't know what it is, but his, the way he plays singles is great. His movement is everything like, like, again, like we've mentioned, like you've mentioned before, it's your line, uh, train patterns, not muscles. Um, clearly that guy isn't the most jacked in a physique sense, which if you're an athlete, I wouldn't expect you to be, but movements and agility and patterns like you've, uh, like focused on, 
man, like, what is it like working with that guy? I mean, it's fun, right? Like, and that's what we do. It's like we train a lot of patterns. We train a lot of, like, functional movements that can relate to the sport and that are going to be similar to the sport. Um, so, it's like, I mean, he crushes it. Like, he's not going to be, like, he's not going to, like... And some of your, like, best movers and most athletic people, like, aren't the most ripped either. You know what I mean? As you probably know. Like, he he or somebody else, like, Ben, like, Ben is one of the most efficient movers out there, right? Like, he, he never takes, like, a false step. Like, he doesn't waste any steps. That's why he, like, seems so fast because he, like, he gets to everything in, like, the perfect amount of time and the perfect amount of steps. So he's very efficient. Um but they take their shirts off like they're not the most ripped jacked dudes out there or like their j- legs aren't the biggest. Um, but you just got to get good at the patterns of the sport, right? Like get really strong in those patterns, get really fast in those patterns. And that's all it's about, right? Like having a strong, strong base, strong foundation and fast in the demands of the sport. That's, that's what it's about. Find the demands of the sport, train the demands of the sport. I can't wait to like highlight i'm just going to caption that like it throughout the video is there's just a lot of these really good lines and points these like another like great thing that you're doing is these like phrases and these one-liners these are more likely to stick than if someone were to comes down to efficiency right like i'm going to remember it's very easy to remember for me to remember train patterns not muscles train find the demands of the sport train the demands of the sport you definitely could tell that that comes from years of coaching um and just your dedication to the craft which is awesome and the only mistake you'll see is like and i guess you see it because it's like we live in this world of like social media and like trying to make a presence and trying to make a name it's like people try and make it like so sexy and like just like the sexy stuff usually just isn't the best um there's so much so much good is 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 one in like the simple movements um like most of the time I'll always say it like boring wins, like doing the boring things savagely well wins you in the long run. Not like these, like I want to get fast hands. So I'm going to like band my hands and like do all this crazy stuff and like try and make it super sports specific. And, and just like the sport and like all these fancy cones and hurdles and banded this. And like, it's just like, sometimes you're like reaching a little bit too much. So that's why like we, we keep things super simple. Um, because we do believe that like boring wins, boring wins consistency and being like consistency over time is what, what it all comes down to. Another like just gems, man, just like absolute gems of knowledge and just so easy to get caught up in. Like you said, the fancy stuff, the stuff that looks like over the top, because it's just like when my brother wanted to get into lifting and I, I don't consider myself necessarily athletic. I consider myself more like I'm a strong guy. My numbers are always like really good. So like, like really high uh, body weight to like PR like ratios and stuff. Right. But when my brother got into lifting, he was just like, dude, well, I saw this video. I saw that video. I was like, yo, honestly, just stick to compound movements and you don't and just stick to the basics like bench squat deadlift and if you ever feel like you're not doing enough instead of adding additional exercises just add those core those core exercises like more than once a week 
it's like when we're trying to get to like heavy lifting. So it'd be like instead of just deadlifting once a week, deadlift twice a week. You don't have to go like all crazy. You could also add like variations so like for deadlift, do block pulls, do deficits. You don't need to buy like all this crazy equipment and start like jumping off stuff. Not especially when you're like not training, like you're just trying to get stronger in that lift. It's like do that lift more. That's like your sport. You know, it's like weightlifting. If you're going to be competing in clean and jerk and snatch, like that's your sport, dude. Go do it. Like you, they, they do it like three times a week, you know, five, six times a week. Like, uh, so like, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like people can, can easily overcomplicate things and be like, oh, well, you know, they want to get better at pickleball. It's like most of the time you just need to play pickleball. Like that's probably your lowest hanging fruit is like <laughs> go play more pickleball. But, uh, I mean, if you're really not that athletic, then like, yeah, we can fix a lot in the gym, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. And dude, you're lying boring wins it's a hundred percent true i wish yeah I, w- I need to start remembering that more often it's hard, but there's right? like a, it's hard. yeah 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 there's a quote about it but it's just like at the end of the day what separates successful people from not successful people is really just that successful person has the ability to do be consistent and do the boring stuff multiple times like you just so true it's like and it's it's boring wins but like the it's not easy it's simple but it's not easy right like it's it's hard to show up every day it's hard to show up and train like a lot of people don't like to train like let's say on the week of a tournament right you play thursday friday saturday probably sunday but like we have the work capacity to do so and we think it's going to be best for you to do so like maybe we train monday tuesday like that's not easy um and it's hard but it's boring and like we're not doing crazy stuff but it's it's simple not easy for sure before pickleball was that when you were with uh kind of in the baseball industry yeah so before pickleball like two for about two years i kind of did just remote and in-person training after baseball so first was like i was in the collegiate setting and then right after that i went to professional baseball for almost three years um which was awesome you know you get to work with it's a great experience, you know. It's it's not for everybody, but it's a great experience. You get to work with a lot of high level, high level athletes, um, all the way from like eighteen year old right out of the Dominican Republic, you know. That's like super raw to like ten year vet big leaguer, you know. It's like you get to work with all sides of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, I was doing like a lot of personal training for about two years, like out of my garage and and remote training, and then pickleball came about a year ago and been full force there. What do you say, what do you think is the biggest difference between personal training and strength and conditioning? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends on like, it it all comes down to the athlete or the client, whatever you want to call them, right? Like what are we training for? Right? Like uh, the goals is, is what's going to dictate everything, whether you're a professional pickleball player and you have goals of being the best ever, or if you're a mom of three, but you want to train like a professional pickleball player, right? Like it's going to be similar if you're a mom of three and you just want to be fit for life and, and work on aesthetics, like then it's, our goals are, are vastly different and, and the training and, and plans is going to be, are going to be drastically different as well. What's the difference for you in terms of coaching athletes versus non-athletes? Yeah, typically your athletes it's it comes down to like they need what they need from you so like let's say like Catherine, travis people like that fed they're going to need like a great plan that is um 
specific to them and around their schedule because their schedule is crazy. Where if it's not an athlete, it's more about building, probably they need some accountability, building a solid relationship with them, helping them stay accountable, building a solid routine and like pushing them in that aspect and like getting consistency out of them where hopefully Catherine, like her drive is to win more matches. So it's not, it's hard, it's easy for her to show up where uh, just an everyday person looking to get fit. It's like, what, what am I doing this for? Right? Like it's, it's hard to see like longevity as a, as a goal. So um, the accountability and, and the push and, and motivation is a little bit higher for like just your, yeah, you summed it up perfectly. Like I had a, it's very brief snip, but I was a personal trainer and like also did, exp- they call it like a ex- explosive performance coaching um, is out of the gym, sport and health. You got to work with athletes, right? Like high school athletes. And then I couldn't figure out for the life of me, like why, I started to not like personal training and you just summed it up because with athletes, most of them want to be there and most of them don't have a problem with like the motivation and like the discipline. And then you, you talked about it. It's just like with non-athletes, the accountability is sometimes the hardest or like the first step that they need to take. And yeah, sometimes you're a babysitter, you know what I mean? Like you're, you you got to babysit like, or it's a little bit easier with like me and like being a, like, like in baseball, sometimes like these kids coming from other countries and they're young, like they might not, have, they're just like super talented. I've never picked up a weight in their life. And they're like, why do I need to do this? Like, they're not technically paying me, right? Like, where now it's a little bit easier. I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're paying me money for this. Like, like, let's get the most out of it. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit easier in that aspect, but yeah, damn. It's yeah. I guess like even with like, yeah, it was very interesting, man. Like if you, help a professional athlete like achieve a goal uh, and of course like maybe they win a match and stuff i think it's very rewarding but man like helping someone that's just like your average like everyday person like shift their life and their mindset to becoming someone more active and like losing a ton of weight or reaching their goals i thought that was like just as equally as rewarding when you can help someone shift their mindset but you brought up a good point about talented players and talented athletes who who are like well i've gotten this far why do i need to add like a b and c how do you how do you like deal with that yeah that's a good question so i think it depends where they are so if if i'm not like a mid-level player right i'm a middle of the pack professional here on on the ppa um, and you see that athletic performance is somewhat of a hindrance. It's like, all right, that's kind of a no brainer. It's like, this is my lowest hanging fruit right now, possibly. Like maybe I had the skills, maybe I'm just body composition isn't right. I'm overweight or I just first step quickness is slow. You know, it's not there. That's like, it's kind of easy. It's like, you can see it. The athlete can see it. It's plain as day. Someone like, let's say Catherine, she's, when I came in, she's already fast, you know, like agile, mobile, like, uh, all the things, it's not like I'm going to make her uh, that much better, right? Like I'm going to hopefully keep her on the court longer. But for her being at the top, she's very good. I'm hoping to one, increase longevity, play this sport for a very long time. But also like, it's all in the margins, right? If I can help Catherine get like 2% better, that's going to help her win potentially more, a lot more games, right? Like, because when you're that good, like beating somebody like Ben and Anna Lee and people like that, like, that's what it takes. Like everybody's investing so much money and potentially getting like 2% better. 
You know what I mean? And like, that's what everybody does at the highest level. You're basketball players, football players. Like you invest a ton of money and just hopefully, hopefully getting like just a little bit better. And that's my hope, right? For like, for most people, like hopefully like amateurs, I can help a ton. Mid-level pros, I can help even more or a little bit less, but a lot. But like, hopefully like it means more to people like Catherine, like Fed, like Travis, because just having that little bit of edge can can get you over a, a big hump. Damn. Yeah, that's that's a great point, man. Those like margins, it's and what's also what's also difficult is if they have a lot of people around them, they don't really know who contributed to that. Not that saying like taking away from whoever all those people's roles, but it's just very difficult to determine that. So like you I'm all, I'm kind of saying that to say your job is very difficult because the difference you have to make is margins and it's it's difficult to quantify that until it's like 10 years from now because you mentioned longevity right and you also like how do you how do you prove that someone didn't get injured because of you right like i think that's also huge it's like as a strength and conditioning coaches you're that injury prevention and like if you're keeping someone on the court not just for a look a longer duration but avoiding injuries like that's huge yeah, it's important, right? Like, and, and you see it in professional sports. Like, baseball is cutthroat, right? Like, college football is cutthroat. Like, strength coaches, like, get fired a lot. Like, injuries are up. Like, clean house. They'll, they'll fire all 10, let's say, in a college setting. Uh, same with baseball. It's like, we didn't feel like it's going our way, but injuries were up a little bit. It's like, cutthroat, see ya. Um, which is, I don't know. It's like, to me, like, you can't really wear the wins and you can't wear the losses. Like, you're just trying to help marginally get a little bit better dude yeah that's a great point yeah it's so hard to prove your worth in such a short period of time too it's one thing if you're like if you've been the the coach with them for like a few years that's why it's good to like it's it's good to to do some kind of performance testing for the most part like so that you can share measurables and say like all right well we've we've done this you know this quarter we've gotten better at this this and this and and let's say we've gotten worse or decrease in performance here on these on these measurables um but it's good to, good to measure do you guys do you do people still use the functional movement screening yeah i mean uh i use pieces of it for sure right now and like there's like a more advanced uh kind of version of that called sfma like select functional movement screening uh, which i use pieces of as well so um yeah i take like a little bit of both and then a little bit of my own and kind of make i have my own kind of like performance assessment and then um same thing for like performance testing like i add it all in of like whatever jumps and sprints and things of that nature is there a trend that you see in on the professional level do you see a trend as far as like things that athletes are maybe neglecting that you're like well I know this can be something that can be adjusted or fixed over time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like training overall, like there's so many people that like haven't touched a weight, right? Like obviously like AL's got a trainer, Ben, you know, like these higher level players and it makes sense, right? Like they're at the top, but like some of these people like are just playing pickleball, which is just, it, it amazes me, you know, um, just due to like, they've, you know, some people have been good and been at the top for a long time, but it's like, aren't you thinking long-term? Like, don't you want to be there for a while? Like all these young tennis studs coming in, like these young athletes, like they're going to weed out so many people that have just kind of gotten there by raw talent and skill alone and just kind of playing a lot of rec games. So I think just training overall 
having like a structured plan around your year is like some of the lowest hanging fruit possible because just going at it, like hitting a couple of workouts that you found online and hitting a couple of workouts, you know, like that you thought were cool, like, and not really having a structured plan around your 25 weeks uh, that you're playing 25 tournaments that you're playing a year uh, is, is super beneficial to kind of just like manage that overall workload. Man, I'm so glad you said that. Like, I came from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and professional fighting. So, for me, like, strength, neglecting strength and condition was, like, never an option, right? Like, of course, you're getting the work on the mat. It's very physical. But, like, that's, you have to be, like, you have to supplement it or, like, you have to do it in addition. It, it's just, like, wasn't a choice. It's, like, it's not an option. You just had to do it. And I see that. I see, like, as I've walked around pro and seen pros, I've noticed like two things the most. It's like one, they don't have a content creator. And then two, um, the strength and conditioning. I'm like, wait, all these guys do is just play. All they do is play pickleball. Are you kidding me? And then like, I asked about like the diet and I see people dehydrating on courts or like cramping up. And I'm like, this is insane. Like this just goes back to the thing about being in such a fast growing industry where it still has like those infant stages I think this is one of them. And you're totally right. Like tennis, tennis athletes who are just naturally quicker because they've dedicated like 10 years of their life to it quicker and just more like agile. And they have, like you've mentioned in your content patterns, not muscles. They've trained patterns over time. So yeah, yeah. Damn. That's super interesting. And you also talked about having a structured plan because in another piece of your content that I watched, you mentioned like burnout, um, for some people that haven't seen that piece of content, do you mind going into how you feel burnout happens and that it really can't just happen to anyone? Yeah, it does. Like it happens to us and, and our scenarios in our life, right? Like, but it's going to happen in, especially in pickleball because of like, I mean, you're playing, there's so many PPA events, right? 20 plus there's MLP events, which is at least six, um, it's just a lot of pickleball and then you're adding training and you're adding a structured plan. So like having these peaks and valleys that are programmed around your schedule uh, are beneficial, right? Like, so having, all right, let's, let's pick some times where we want to, to peak for, right? Like maybe it's major events, maybe it's ones that are really important to you. We'll kind of peak for those and let's pick some valleys. Let's take some time off, right? Like whether it's from weights, whether it's from pickleball or whether it's from both um, that kind of having these, like these peaks and valleys pre-programmed, sets you up for success like throughout the year if you're just kind of going with the flow you kind of realize like damn i've been training hard for like four months at a time i haven't taken a day off and no wonder i'm burnt out or you know what i mean or it's it's easy to kind of get in lows and like maybe you're not doing enough so having those program pre-planned out it's like it's, it's super beneficial but also being able like the art of coaching is just kind of being able to go with the flow and being able to adjust as kind of on the fly, right? Like if we're in like this peaking phase and we should be going hard and going at it, but like you're looking at the athlete and he or she's run down, it doesn't feel like showing up and it's like just started to happen. It's like, let's make adjustments, right? Like it's the plan is there for a reason, but we don't live and die by the plan. Like that's what coaching is about is being able to see and make adjustments on the fly. Just so many things that I resonate with and I appreciate that you're saying um, don't live and die by the plan. That's such a good, that's such a strong point. And like, like I feel like that's somewhat is related to consistency over intensity, um, but you that also reminded me of 
when you were talking about like athletes being burned out, it reminded me of like the Olympic athletes during COVID. I don't remember if you remember that, but like once COVID happened, they had like multiple weeks off. And then when they came back to training, they were like PRing and all this stuff. And you're just like, damn, how like from what you've seen, is does burnout happen more frequently than we think? I think it does. I think it does because most people like, especially like in that setting, like Olympics, like they're just giving it all, you know what I mean? They're just, it's ride or die, you know? And it's like, I don't think you realize as much as you're tracking and, and going in and like whatever you're trying, like sometimes you, it's, it's hard to realize when you have like this set goal that you're trying to achieve and you want to be the best and you want to beat whatever, right? Like, uh, I think it happens a lot more than you think. Like, and so like, I don't know, like a lot of these pros now that have the means like in pickleball are like taking time off, like, especially like during this period right now, as we're recording this, it's like early ish July. And, you know, there's a break in PPA tournaments and like people are like taking breaks and taking some tournaments off and kind of like, this is like a little, almost like a summer break for some people. And it's like, that's great. Like it should be like that. You should be able to have a time where you can kind of get away, maybe not pick up a paddle for a week or two and, and maybe take a little break in the gym. And, uh, so you can come back hungry, right? It makes you hungrier, like when you when you're able to take time off. What is typically the root cause for burnout? Not really. I think just kind of like I don't know. I don't know what the root cause is. I think it's a lot of different stressors because like stressors can be it's anything, right? Like it, and it's everything. So stressors can be the game. Of, let's say pickleball, for example. Stressors can be working out. Stressors can be uh, eating on the road, traveling. Um, all these things that like cause stress on the body that is somewhat negative uh, is like pulling you down, pulling you down, pulling you down. Sometimes you just kind of like, you need a recharge. Um, so like being away from family, like relationships, things of that nature. Um, if you got a lot of that piling up, man, it's like, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. You know, the, that kind of self, like the, like the social aspect can negatively impact you just as much as like a, a great workout. You know what I mean? On your body your body's going to like, if you crush a badass workout, you're going to go down and then you kind of super compensate as you come up and you get better. Um, but when you have all those other stressors on your body, it's hard to come back up and super compensate. Yeah. Damn. That's what, damn, I'm learning so much right now. This is awesome. Uh, like I talked about like in my episode with Chris, but like, I'm like selfishly asking a lot of stuff just for my own, uh, stuff to own knowledge too um but I, I guess if i feel the same way and i have these questions and someone else probably does too it's, yeah when you talk about the social pressures and i just reminded me of like we live in a time where it's so hard it's so difficult to find yourself without like without technology without like being on you without being alert like an email and a text a text is very, I think of the words intrusive I'm looking for. It's, people have expectations that you have to answer the text. Then like emails, you have all those too. There's like a constant bombarding of notifications. And then if you're a pro athlete, you have to be on social media. You have to answer DMs. You have to have this presence that regardless, even if you're being yourself, you still have a presence that you have to show to people. And then you got like the YouTube, like, like chat, you know, like, and then you got like, people going in you know like it's just like it's a it's a lot like social media like you're always kind of connected and like having time to to deconnect and or disconnect and it's it's crucial connor is going to have a youtube channel here soon and 
when you do, when you mention the stuff about the comments, dude, someone made it like a, just a comment about the audio on one of my videos. And I, I don't blame them at all. Right. I gave them the heads up in a way I was like, Hey, the audio wasn't great on this video, but they just like went in on me. And I was like, dude, this is killing me right now. I could not, I, I lost sleep over it. And they're just saying like the audio is terrible. This person was like, you should never post like you should take this video down for respect of like Anna Bright. And I was like, oh, my God, this person's crushing my soul. So that's yeah, that's even like a battle in itself is just remembering that these comments don't so many of these things. I don't mean anything. They're, most of the time it's nobodies or it's like someone with, that's like posing on a different account that has like a super low self-esteem. And you know what I mean? It's just like. Like just just stay out of the chat altogether. Like what are we like? What are we doing? This is literally helping nobody. Yeah, yeah. That's been my lesson now. Is just like don't ever look at the comments. Just like and favorite them, so then they like disappear from um, your notifications. For me, I love going in the in the live. You know, if on YouTube, but uh, yeah, if I'm an athlete, like I wouldn't. You got thicker skin than me, man. I can't take it. It's been like almost an hour now, or it has been an hour. I do want. I have a ton of questions, but. I do want to kind of get to the personal side and something I would love to know about you is what are your goals for CDP? Yeah, good question. Um, I want to advance the game of pickleball. A lot of people want to build the game, want to grow the game. I want to advance it. I want to make it faster, more athletic, and I want to be kind of play a part in that. I want to help people get there i want everybody that's coming into pickleball to not think that it's an old person sport it's people that are overweight can be good i want them all to be weeded out by freaking studs that are super fast super athletic super strong so that's the goal is like to to play a small part in that and help um uh, obviously pros that i help now but i want to help amateurs um i'll do that as well through through our remote coaching that's awesome man and i agree hundred percent. It's, it's not a great stigma that pickleball has, but it's, I think it's also like a, a misconception to a degree. Just maybe they're watching the wrong games. Um, sure. but what has been your biggest fear when you've started this business? And also I know that you're now having like, uh, you have a child on the way you mentioned, uh, he's like, like 20 weeks old, uh, or like 20 weeks along the way. I, I've never had a child, so I don't know the technical terms, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's coming along is all I know. Uh, but yeah, man, like you have what seems like a thriving business. You have a very good head on your shoulders. You seem like the people who have guided you in your life have guided you in the right direction. Um, you, you seem like a, you're just a solid guy. So just, yeah, want to know more about that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what the question was, but I'm all about it. Um, I guess like, I don't know, like building this business, like I guess first going into like this whole entrepreneurship journey was, I mean, it's a leap of faith. You know what I mean? Like you're doing it too. It's like, it's not easy. Um, it's always great. Like everybody sees like the, the good in it, like of making your own schedule and kind of like doing whatever you want. But like also you're working at a very random schedule too and, and on it a, a lot of other people and like for me client schedule so uh it's been awesome though like man there's no complaints and i just want to be able to build this to where i can one help a ton of people impact a ton of people but still be flexible for for my family and be able to be able to provide in, in a great way for them um 
and it's and it's doing that right now. So it's like there's no complaints. It's super fun. Um, I always tell people the best bet you can take is on yourself. So like um, I'm not gonna I'm gonna do the same. Like I'm gonna take a bet on myself any day of the week. It's paying off now, and I hope it <laughs> continues to pay off. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going well. Yeah, yeah, man. It's so easy to see. Yeah, like a business owner and see. Of course, like I've I've mostly known you from social media, and I haven't even known you that long. This is really our first like conversation together. Um, so it's definitely people. It's it's hard to see like what goes on behind the scenes. But um, who's been the most influential person in your life? Man, yeah, I I don't know. I can't really really pinpoint one person. I've had a lot of great mentors though. Like coming up in in the strength conditioning world, like it's a uh, it's just like any other coaching um coaching trajectory like where you have to like you do a ton of internships you work for free a lot just to be able to like to work in the college setting or work in the professional setting you got to do it so like I interned at a bunch of different colleges moved different across the country um and had a lot of great mentors um so I'm a product of them man like they've, they've helped shape me like professionally like as well as like personally you know it's just it's been awesome so along the way I've just I've been super blessed with that, you know, like kind of growing up with a bunch of them. Everyone who listens is going to have a ton of, it's like so many great takeaways. I can't wait to sure. repurpose a lot of this content for you and, uh, yeah, get, get your help, get your YouTube channel started. Yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, I just want to give you now the chance to plug away, you know, talk about, uh, really, sure. if there's anything I haven't asked you, feel free to talk about that. Of course, plug your businesses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you made it this far, man, you you probably are interested in something. What does Chris and Will say? Like, if you made it to the kitchen, um, I always like that. It's a cool little plug they do. But uh, yeah, you're you're an hour in. You're a trooper. Um, yeah, dude. Like, we, I mean, uh, what we pride ourselves on is one-on-one coaching in the remote setting, right? So, like, everything we do is geared towards you and your goals. It's not just like a plan that anybody can buy. Um, we have, we have those as well, like at a cheaper price, but, um, it's all geared towards you, your goals, what you want to achieve. And and we kind of guide you through that process. Um, I have a team that kind of works with me and and we, we do it. We all, we, we chug along as, along at it as a team. So, um, if that's something you're interested in, you know, DM me on Instagram or, or go to our website at cdperformance.org. Um, and we'd love to love to help you achieve your goals. But yeah, I mean, that's my plug. Like that's about it. Like it's, it's been fun. I'm glad we got to chat though. Yeah, man. Likewise. Um, if you're ever in Austin, you know, hit me up and you always have a place to stay people to play with and can link, help link you up with some people if possible. But yeah, really looking forward to releasing this episode and thanks for your time and sharing your insights. A lot of things that people will probably pay for, to be honest. Um, and just being transparent. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been fun. Yeah.